You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off. And who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And on deck this week, going into week five, we have another uncommon opponent for the Packers. Um, the 3-1 and Packers facing off against the 3-1 and Cincinnati Bengals. So, Perry, there's a lot to kind of break down from not only this week, but from this this strange matchup that the Packers have this week. Yeah, last time the Packers and the Bengals played each other, uh, Rodgers had a broken collarbone. Apparently the game was 1,000 degrees. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like in some kind of like walk-off fashion, just like a very weird, weird game. And none of the same people are still in that organization. So it's like a very – it's a brand new – I mean, yeah, none of the same people. Maybe Joe Mixon. So it's like a it's like a brand new matchup for the Packers, which can be both good and bad because there's very little tape, um, and they have an exciting new young quarterback. But Matt Lafleur seems to know the head coach pretty well. Um, I think one thing I've learned recently is how small the NFL coaching community is. All these people have known each other for years. Um, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. There's like the Bengals are just a very interesting team right now I think they're like figuring out their identity um but they also haven't played this is the Packers are by far and away the best team that they've played so far this season so I think this is gonna be an interesting litmus test for Bengals fans like to see how good is this team actually like can they compete with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers yeah and I mean I think the interesting part about their games too is that they keep coming down to the wire like they destroyed Pittsburgh um in really impressive fashion honestly but you know, they took Minnesota to overtime. They played the Bears and honestly probably should have won that game. That was a weird game for Joe Burrow. He threw three interceptions in three consecutive plays. Just doesn't happen, and they still only lost by three points. Then Jacksonville takes him down to the wire, is leading for most of that game, and Joe Burrow kind of calls his shot, and they win the game on a walk-off field goal. So, yeah, I do think the Packers are going to be their biggest test, but I also, also think that this Bengals offense is – really interesting, especially kind of knowing the unfortunate news that we at least are thinking right now that Jair at least won't be able to play this week. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that Jair Alexander is not going to be playing. So I was thinking about this before we started recording, like what the preferred matchup is. Is it, I think it's going to end up being Stokes on Chase and King on Boyd. With some safety help with some safety help, but then who covers T Higgins? Maybe he doesn't play. He's limited. He is limited. And that's the other thing is there's lots of injuries on both sides. 
Um, so it is going to, I think, come down to like a Friday injury report determination, even maybe game time for some of these players. But you are correct. The Bengals offense is interesting. They have tons of weapons. We just named a few. They don't really have much of a run game, though. So like their entire offense is pretty much predicated on this passing game. Big explosive plays. They already have, let's see, they already have nine touchdowns. Joe Burrow has nine touchdowns, which is fifth in the league. So they're scoring, but they don't have super high scoring against any, like they they haven't played, I guess the Bears are the only like good defense that they've played and they dropped they only scored 17 against the bears. I, I, I just, I don't know what to expect from this team. Cause I think if the Packers play their brand of defense and limit the explosive play, they can, they can beat this team very easily. Yeah. I think it's interesting because we talked about this, like a, just a touch pre-show, but you know, you had mentioned that the Bengals offense is kind of predicated on explosives and like the big completion Whereas the Joe Barry defense is the exact opposite, right? It's like completely limiting the splash play. You know, you can dink and dunk your way down the field as long as Joe Barry's defense is keeping you in front of him. Um, and I think that that's something that this Bengals defense, this Bengals offense is going to struggle with. I don't know if we'll see enough patience out of them. Um, and I think that that's where the Packers win the game. And, you know, I guess to flip it, if you look at the Packers offense, they'll score more points. You know, I think this could end up kind of being a shootout. And Joe Burrow said that in his presser, like the one thing that they can't afford on Sunday is to let the Packers jump out to an early lead. You know, he's like, if we blink, we're down 21, nothing. So I think that they know going into this, that it's going to have to be like a score for score or like a track meet with these defenses that are banged up. Yeah. And I think the best thing that what the best thing the Packers can do to help themselves is to have long scoring drives Keep, get, keep the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hand, allow the defense to rest, and not have it be a game where they're just constantly rotating and on the field all the time because this Packers defense is going to get gassed trying to run against guys like Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. It's it's going – you called it a track meet. Like, that's what I'm imagining is Jamar Chase just running down the field for like a 55-yard touchdown bomb um, and this defense just getting gassed the whole way. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, too, because in 2017, you already mentioned it. It was like the hottest game on record at Lambeau. I was there. I was dehydrated as hell in the car. It was awful. It was like 96, I think, at one point. And it's going to be 84 on Sunday, which obviously is not as hot. But when you're thinking you're going to Ohio in mid-October, you know, I don't think that they were expecting these kind of temps. So that's exactly the kind of game that you don't want your defense on the field for very long because we saw – Obviously, Jacksonville's a different kind of heat, but you can see the effects of a track yeah. meet style game, what that'll do to both defenses. Exactly. I think, though, there are some things that this Packers defense can do to help themselves and to beat the Bengals very, I think, clearly, which is we talk about this every single week. So it's obviously just the answer to every game, but it's <laughs> to get to the quarterback pass rush. Joe Burrow has been sacked 11 times so far, which is really high. I think everybody knew going into this season that the Bengals don't have a good offensive line. Um, that's six in the league, right? For quarterback sacks. Um, not as high as Justin Fields, but <laughs> just kidding. Um, but that is the key, right? Is to, 
exploit the Bengals' weakness at offensive line. Um, and Joe Burrow also is not like I think as a young quarterback, you kind of expect them all to be mobile, but he only has nine rushes for 13 yards so far in the first four games. So I I wouldn't expect him to be like a Justin Fields who can and is known for taking off with his legs. Like Joe Burrow will go down. Um, so pressure. It's time for Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith to just keep building off of what they've been doing for the last couple of games and Kenny Clark and Kingsley Kiki. I like, I just think the, if the front continues to play like they did against the Steelers, that's going to massively impact this game. Yeah. And I think one of the keys for the Packers, which again, it feels like we talk about this every week is to keep the Bengals out of the red zone because there's still 100% success rates for opposing offenses in the red zone, giving up 11 of 11 scores. But you know, we saw the Steelers only put up 17 points So if you're able to kind of limit, like you said, their explosive plays and make them dink and dunk down the field, you're much more likely to get a stop. I mean, this is a Packers defense that's doing honestly pretty well on fourth down conversions. They're eighth in the league um, on defense. They've allowed two of four fourth down or two of six fourth down attempts, which isn't, I mean, a huge sample size, but we are seeing that it's possible, especially after week one, where it felt like, you know, we had some concerns about, limiting some of those big plays. So I think that's a key there too, is to just make this Bengals offense work for every yard, because, you know, if they're hooking up with Jamar Chase or if T Higgins can play Tyler Boyd had a really nice game last week. You know, I think that's the thing too, is like you can limit one of them, but you can't necessarily limit all of them. Yeah. So you just have to kind of keep it in front of you still. Yes. And it's interesting. It's 11 for 11 in the red zone, but For four games, 11 red zone trips for opposing offenses is not that high. So clearly the Packers, like you said, are getting stops earlier and forcing punts, which is is what you want, or field goals, right? Um, It's it's what you want out of them, and I think it's the exact kind of defense that Joe Barry and all of Packers' defenses for all the history of time have asked them to do is just keep everything in front of you, bend, don't break, don't allow the touchdown, um, get the ball back to the offense. Yeah, and this is a, a Bengals team that's actually doing really well in the red zone. Uh, they've got, you know, a 75% success rate, fifth in the league right now in scoring. So you know if they get down there, yeah. there's a really good chance. And, you know, you talked about their run game. It looks like they likely will be without Joe Mixon this week. Um, he had a really nice game against Jacksonville but did get hurt there. So I think the air attack is going to be kind of what this offense has to rely on, which is interesting because this Packers defense has been playing really well against the run all season. So go figure now um, that the passing game is going to be kind of the challenge for them, especially with an all pro corner out of the mix. Yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. It's going to be a really big test for Eric Stokes. He met with the media today and talked about how, he expected to be targeted because he's been across from Jair. He knows that quarterbacks are not throwing that way. But now with Jair out, he just hopes to continue um, to elevate his play and do what he needs to do for this offense. I feel better about him on the boundary right now than I do about Kevin King coming back off of a concussion, to be quite honest. Um, I think Stokes has looked better than I could have ever expected from a rookie. And you know, he's going to give up a player or two. He, he might have another, he, he's been called on a couple of DPIs, but for the most part, he's done a really nice job and he's fourth in the league in cornerbacks for pass breakups. So he's putting up some really nice numbers in the first quarter of the, of the season. 
Yeah, I don't want to derail this, but I'm curious, kind of, do you think going into Sunday that it will be Stokes and King on the boundary? Do you think we'll see King in the slot and a guy like Shamar John Charles? Or I don't think Razul Douglas, I know they just signed him, is going to come in and start, but we saw Isaac Yadam out there when Jair got hurt. So I'm, I'm curious kind of what the pecking order looks like and what Joe Barry will mix in because when Jair went down, Yadam and Sullivan were targeted right away. And if there was a better quarterback throwing the ball, there would have been a couple touchdowns given up at that point of the game. I think that I can't see a way King's not at least starting on the boundary because that's his natural position. I think you have, you're afforded the flexibility to move King into the slot when you have Stokes and Jair, but now that you don't have one of those, you keep your guy where he's quote unquote most comfortable and has played the most snaps in his career. Um, Yadam went in, but then he got pulled like almost immediately for Shamar John Charles. So I don't know what they would want to do. I mean, obviously that game was already pretty much won by the Packers. It was just like garbage time prevent mode, which is a very different place to be in than potentially starting a game. Um, I see it being Stokes, Chandon, King, Amos Savage in in the nickel and then just kind of rotating in and seeing what happens from there. Um, I can see Black coming in and dying because that's what he's been doing so far this season. I think consistency is probably the most important thing when you lose a player like Jair is to keep everyone in their natural positions. But Joe Barry has been one to mix it up a little bit. So potentially he pulls Savage down into that slot role instead of Chandon as just like a little bit more protection and then has Black or Vernon Scott, you know, back there with Adrian Amos. He, he does, at least with the safety position, have a little bit more versatility. Yeah. And I do kind of think that this is a defense that, you know, they're going to be looking at and tweaking and adding to, you know, I know everybody talks about like the, at least the last couple seasons getting to the trade deadline. It was like, what help can you give the offense wide receiver, whatever it is. I think we all know this season that the offense is not going to be the issue. And, you know, you're looking potentially at this point now with the news of Chauncey rivers, another edge rusher, because you might be without Zadarius Smith, for the entire season. And now you're without some depth at the position as well. Or, you know, maybe you're looking for defensive line help with Kenny Clark. Kingsley Kiki had a great game against the Steelers, but can that be consistent? So yeah. I do kind of think this roster is still churning. Um, before we flip, do you think that Jalen Smith plays at all on Sunday or do you think he's too new to the defense? I was going to ask you that because we do have a new player on the team. And I think that the Packers are definitely going to want to get him in there based on the way that Matt LaFleur talked about him in his press conference this morning. It sounds like they're super excited to have him in the building, are super excited about what skills he brings to this defense. And I also think it'll depend on whether Chris Barnes plays. He's still in concussion protocol. He was limited um, in practice Wednesday and Thursday. So especially if Barnes isn't ready to go, I can definitely see Smith being thrown in there. Um, But again, you just mentioned the pass rush is a little weak and that's something that he can potentially help out with as well. I don't see him being like an every down starter by any means this week, but as a rotational player, yeah, for sure. You'll see number nine out there. I think that's fun. I, uh, yeah, I've, I'm, I know your dad's a Notre Dame fan and I've, I've kind of warmed up to it. I loved Jalen Smith coming out of the draft and he had the really unfortunate injury that kind of pushed him out of the first round, but he was like one of the most celebrated college ball players in a long, long time. So I know that, you know, they're very different players, but if you can get Jalen Smith to be productive in Joe Barry's defense, where the inside linebacker is an emphasis, I think that says a lot. And, you know, Devondre Campbell was talking about finally being Batman instead of 
Robin to somebody else's Batman. So I think that could be a really athletic tandem in the middle of the defense. I also think they complement each other quite well because Devontae Campbell's not going to like beat you with his speed. Um, and he's certainly not going to, I mean, I guess he's been pulled on a couple of blitzes, but he's much more of like that coverage linebacker going sideline to sideline. And according to what my dad says about Jalen Smith, because I haven't paid enough attention. So this is his words, not mine, but he's, he's the athletic speedy freak. Like he quote, Jay Goldstein has said he will be the fastest linebacker that you will see in a Packers uniform in the last like 20 years, like faster than Clay Matthews, faster, faster than anybody. So I think if Joe Barry can harness some of that athleticism, they could be really nice compliments to each other. Yeah, I agree. I like, you know, kind of the structure of this Packers defense. It's always hard, of course, when you have two all pros and then you lose them both. We're hoping that obviously Z and Jair can both come back because I think the defense was on, you know, a really nice upward trajectory. And now you're hoping that that doesn't start to stall out. But let's flip it then, because I think the Packers best defense going into Sunday is an explosive offense. So, Perry, what are some takeaways that you have for this Packers offense against the Bengals defense? They just have to do what they do. I I think that this Packers offense can beat any defense in the league. Honestly, watching them go up against Bosa, going up against Ingram and Watt, like I just feel like at this point this offense can beat anybody. Um, It looks like Elton Jenkins practice again today. Today we're recording it's Thursday, which is a really nice sign. But even without him, you feel really confident that um, you know, Yash Nyman has done a really good job. Obviously, Josh Myers has his finger injury. So, like, let's say Elton Jenkins can go, you could even slide him into center because you can literally put him anywhere and he'll be fine. Um, the Bengals' defense is actually, like, top 10 in BVOA, which I find really interesting. But I also think you have to take into consideration who they've played, right? They've played Jacksonville and the Bears. The Bears had 83 passing yards on them. Like, they haven't played explosive offenses yet. So again, I think this is going to be a really good test for this defense. Are they actually as good as they've seemed or are they going to go up against, you know, the best ranked offense in from the 2020 season and, and falter a little bit. I think that the Packers are going to put up points on them. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, Matt LaFleur was super, super complimentary of the Bengals edge rush um, with their combination of Trey Hendrickson, who was with the Saints, and then Sam Hubbard. He had a lot of really nice things to say about them. Um, But I think, you know, fortunately for the Packers, that offensive line really is kind of a unit of strength right now, whether it's Yash at left tackle or you end up with John Runyon Jr. at left guard and you kick Elton out to left tackle or if Elton plays center. Um, Spoon was talking about earlier that he thought it looked like Josh Myers was probably just rehabbing and would still play this week. Um, So the, the offensive line should stay pretty consistent but yeah I mean I I absolutely agree with you I think I think the key is going to be kind of the drives that we saw against the Steelers on Sunday where we're talking about those long burn the clock utilize AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones because again it's going to be hot and you're going to want to give your defense as much time off the field as possible so as as demoralizing as a quick score is for your offense I think we want to see the dink and dunk yeah absolutely I um I just think that this Packers offense has so many weapons that we still haven't even seen like get utilized yet. And I feel like every game Matt LaFleur slowly starts to open up the playbook and even talked about, you know, Nagler asked a great question of him this morning to Matt LaFleur about Amari Rogers and was saying, you know, do you think he warrants more playing time? 
um, based off of what he's done so far. You know, he hasn't had a ton of work in the passing game, but he's been out there. He's been in motion. He's been blocking. And this is something we've talked about for a while now is when you're successfully doing those things, you can build off of those. So, you know, do we see Amari Rogers finally kind of get involved in the offense in a more meaningful way? You obviously have Devontae Adams. I think both of the Bengals starting cornerbacks are hurt right now, not potentially not out, but they are on the injury report. So any exploitation of that will happen between Rogers and Adams. You saw Cobb go off last week. So even without MVS or Elton or David Bakhtiari, this offense is running and they still have so many more weapons to target that we haven't even seen yet. Yeah, it is kind of funny. I mean, I think at this point, we've all accepted that week one was an anomaly. The players have flushed it, moved on from it. But then week two, you had the Aaron Jones game. Week three was the Devontae Adams game. And then week four was the Randall Cobb game. And that's not inc- that's not including MBS, who's on IR, but will come back. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers says he owes him like four touchdowns. So expect those when he's healthy. You got Alan Lazard. You mentioned Amari Rodgers. You've got A.J. Dillon. Tunyon has been really quiet. Um, and he's due for, I think, some big games. So, yeah, I, I think it's... You know, it's a problem where it's like you have too many cooks almost where and AJ Dillon, we talked about this on the live show on on Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, it was that he was um, just saying that they have so many weapons that whoever's on the field, you have a lot of faith that the offense is going to run smoothly because everybody can go make a play. It's a really interesting. I wouldn't want to be a defense going up against the Packers offense because every single person on that field can either make a big play or contribute to another big play via block or pass pro like everybody actively contributes on every single snap and that's really really hard to defend yeah and this is I mean I'm just kind of going through this Bengals depth chart and it's really interesting to see some of these names that you know had circulated around the league like Eli Apple didn't realize he was with the Bengals Mike Hilton I know is a target that a lot of a lot of Packer fans were interested in for nickel um Kenosha native Trey Waynes is with the Bengals now yeah so there's there's some good names on there um obviously you know they have their studs like Jesse Bates is fantastic at safety but I definitely think that this is a defense that the Packers can and should get after yeah and again like they're top 10 in DVOA so if the Packers punt a couple times don't be surprised by that like but again I I just think until I see week one aside until I see otherwise you know, the Packers have gone up against some of the best players in the league so far this year and have still moved the ball. So good luck, Bengals. I don't know. <laughs> so do you have any other takeaways before? You know what? Actually, we, I think we I think we should talk about special teams just a just a touch okay. before we give our predictions, because, you know, I know Mo Drayton was meeting with the media I think this afternoon, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but you know, there's some glaring issues with at least the right side of the protection on the field goal unit. So, you know, I'm not saying the Bengals are fantastic on special teams. It's kind of too early to tell the punting unit looks great for the Packers, but just thinking about maybe not wanting to, to settle for field goals or putting that, you know, you don't want it to come down to a game winner given the protection that we've seen from the kick coverage right now. Yeah. Well, Matt LaFleur did say this week that anytime they're past the 50, he wants to go for it. So I think settling for field goals is not something that we should expect from them. Um, But look, I don't know what happened last week with that potential offsides negating a blocked kick, but Mason Crosby and Hunter Bradley and the team have 
in money and Mason hasn't missed a single kick so far this season. So going to give them the benefit of the doubt and hope that they clean some things up in practice this week. Um, I don't know. Actually, this is a question I was going to ask you. So I was thinking about it. it. Did Chauncey Rivers play special teams? Like, are we losing something by him going on IR from that ACL tear in that respect? I think more of like the, the downfield coverage units, not, right. I don't think he was in on protection, but yeah, I mean, and that's the problem too. It's like, it doesn't sound like Jalen Smith is going to be playing a ton of special teams. So you can't really cut a guy like Ty Summers loose right. because they're such a vital piece on special teams. So, you know, I no. talked about this with, go ahead. No, I was going to say Stefan Gilmore wasn't going to play special teams either. <laughs> so, and I mean, I talked about this with Jacob on Packaday, but it's just, you know, that's one of the struggles that you have when you bring in new pieces too, is when you lose your starters, then you have less people to use on special teams because those pieces have to fill in on defense, then you can't afford to have them get hurt. So when you have guys like as Isaac Yadam, who were kind of key pieces on special teams, they're afforded less opportunities now because they are jumping into like a starting role on defense. So all that is just, you know, tricky maneuvering for a Tr- roster. The trickle down effect. Yeah. So let's, let's talk final score. Let's talk. Um, I guess. Yeah. We talked about keys to success. So who you got winning this one, Perry Packers. Okay. I'm um, going 35, 31. Okay. I am taking uh, the Packers as well, but I'm going 31, 27. Nice. So we have the Packers dropping at least 30. Yeah. And I mean, we're hopeful, obviously, that the the Bengals offense doesn't put up that many points. But, you know, this is with Jair out, I think there will kind of be a ripple effect. And I think there's going to be some growing pains. You know, we could see the defense shore up in the next couple of weeks against the Bears in Washington. But while you're figuring out what your coverage units are going to look like, what you're going to play in the secondary I think we're going to see some points. Yeah. So. I like points. <laughs> um, all right. Should we do our around the NFL predictions? Yeah, let's do it. So we've got the Packers obviously going into week five. Who do you have on Thursday night football? Yeah. As we're recording this tonight is probably the best Thursday night game. No, not probably. It's the best Thursday night game we've been given so far this season. Uh, Rams, Seahawks, and I picked the Rams. Same. I know that the uh, Seahawks are wearing their like neon greens and they're oh, undefeated in their neon greens, but I, the Rams just lost to the Cardinals. They're not dropping two in a row in the division. It's not going to happen. They're going to, I know they're in Seattle on a short week, but I think it's the Rams. Yeah, no way. Okay. Then we have our London game Jets Falcons. I did read today that both Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage are not playing. So I actually, I picked the Jets. I actually put money on the Jets to win this game. Yeah, as much as I want to root for that Falcons offense, I there's no way. I really, I think it's the Jets. I think that they put some things together last week, finally got their first win, and they're going to kind of ride that high for a little while. I agree with you. Start of a new era in New York. Um, then we have, oh, such a fun one, Patriots-Texans. I'm t- it's the Patriots. It's going to be a, I don't want to watch that game. I won't be watching that game. It's going to be boring as hell, but I think it's the Patriots. Me too. All um, right. Locked okay. up so far per usual. Per usual. Okay. We've got an NFC North matchup in Lions Vikings. I'm pulling so hard for the Lions, but it's, it's the Vikings. 
I mean, I would love it if the Lions could do us a solid, but I think the Vikings are putting it together and looking a lot better. Yeah, so. I don't have much faith in the Lions. I did pick them to cover the spread, so they just have to lose by less than nine points, which I think is possible. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. But I do have the Vikings winning. Agreed. Then we have Eagles-Panthers. That's going to be a really good game, actually. That is going to be a good game. I'm taking the Panthers. Um, I just I think the Panthers are really good, and now they have Gilmore, and their defense going to be even better. It's not fair. <laughs> that defense is sick. When Jason mm-hmm. Horn comes back, that defense is nasty. I just also have to plug really quick that you and I have been high on this Panthers defense for – at least the beginning of last season, if not like the t- the off season going into 2020, because we saw them putting these pieces together. We saw them draft Jeremy Chin. We were like, shoot, they're going to be good. They're just too young. They have to. Okay. They need to develop, but they're developing and they're showing. I think everyone that they are very good. And now they just acquired my favorite non-Packer player in the league, and I'm upset about it. Um, I'm taking the Eagles, though. Okay. I just feel like they are in a little bit of a downturn. They really need to turn this around. Um, and like they're just going to have to do it this week. Yeah. Well, the season's going to get away from them really quickly. I went 12-4 and four last week. You went 11-5. and five, So we are still very, very close. We're one away. So this could be the decider. But yeah. all right, let's keep it going and see if we agree on more. Okay. Saints-Washington. Uh, that one's really tough, honestly. I think I'm I feel like it's the Saints, but I think it's gonna be a close game. I just don't see the Saints, you know, they just lost a weird one to the Giants. And I I think they'll kind of bounce back against Washington. Because the quarterback situation in Washington is just not good. Yeah, I'm going Saints as well. Titans, Jaguars. <laughs> the Titans are like such an anomaly. I it's the Titans to me, but I just I think if you just, you know, give the ball to Derrick Henry 87 times, you'll win the game because we don't know what else is going on with that offense. So, yeah, I don't foresee the Jaguars getting their first win of the season against the Titans. So I'm also picking the Titans. Uh, okay. Bucks, Dolphins. Now, I think it's really interesting. The Bucks are favored by 10, which just feels really high. I know the Dolphins had a rough week last week, but like, they're not that bad. Yeah, I'm still taking the Bucks though even though they barely beat the Patriots, I think that they're going to bounce back and their entire secondary is hurt. True. But they got Richard Sherman. All right. I'll, I'm, I'm not betting against Tom Brady, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I just think it's going to be closer than people think it will be. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I think it'll be a one score game. All right. Hey, la- <laughs> hey buddy. He agrees. Um, the last early slot game is Broncos Steelers. I think I'm taking the Broncos. Okay. Is Teddy Bridgewater playing? I think it's Drew Locke. Okay. I'm taking the Steelers because I think falling to one and four means their season is over. And I'm not sure I can foresee that happening. I mean, I just I hate the Steelers. So I feel you. Their fans were dope, though. Honestly, like being at the game week four, their fans were. There was a lady with a terrible towel in like the third row and she was waving at the entire game. And then she finally left and our entire section was clapping for her because she was like, I don't give up on my team. I'm still here. And we were like, I know you did a like excellent job. She was the only one in her section just waving her towel. So 
That's cute. Steelers fans are awesome. Yeah. That's great. Okie dokie. Bears, Raiders. 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 Easy. It It is, I mean, Justin Fields is the official starter now. Um, I just have no faith in Matt Nagy or that offense, even with Fields. That's the thing. Nagy's going to ruin Fields, and I feel so bad about that. And the offensive line is going to ruin him. Like, they're going to get, it's going to be like a Joe Burrow situation. I hope that's not the case, but I really am afraid that Justin Fields is going to get hurt. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you. It was really hard to watch. Like, Miles Garrett was just like, really? We're doing this again? I have to sack you again? <laughs> it's like a waste of his time to be there. He's like, thank you for the paycheck, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, then we have. <laughs> Fun NFC East matchup. Giants-Cowboys. Absolutely the Cowboys. I picked them and can't lose this week, so. Yeah, I agree with you. Cowboys. I think I bet on them as as well. They've been so interesting with Mike McCarthy. The defense is good. The offense looks better than we've seen. Dak is incredible. Dak is back. Has anyone coined that yet? Because Dak is back. Yeah, that offense is explosive as hell. And their defense is a lot better than I think people were expecting. I mean, Trevon Diggs is like the number one corner in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Good job, Big Mike. Yeah, I can I can root for Mike McCarthy. I, I still hate the Cowboys, but I can root yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, all right, NFC West matchup. Trey Lance might get his first NFL start for Niners Cardinals. I have this circled. Yeah, this is going to be a really good one, but I still think it's the Cardinals. Um, I just don't see them them dropping, even though their defense is, you know, hit or miss. I don't know. Kyler Murray is wild. We're disagreeing a lot this week. Okay. I have I have the Niners. Once I saw Trey Lance starting, I'm like, this is it. Kyle Shanahan is pulling the entire playbook out. He's going to do everything with Trey Lance <laughs> and uh, the Cardinals. There will no longer be any undefeated teams. I mean, I like that for the Packers when they play them in three weeks, but we'll see. That's a, that's going to be, I mean, that's, that's an awesome game. I can't wait. Yep. All right. The last one in the middle slot. I know you have this one circled. I think the whole league has this one circled. Browns at Chargers. Browns. I'm not like super confident in the offense. Well, Baker specifically, but I really like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and the Browns defense is dope, but it's going to be a really close game. See, I think the Chargers are on fire right now. I think their defense is incredible. I mean, Asante Samuel Jr. is crushing it. I have the Chargers winning this game. Sorry, Mark. Well, Mark's probably not going to let you sleep here next time you visit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's Bojack's room anyway. That's true. Um, no, it's going to be a really, really good game. It's going to be such a good game. We're I just, just can't root against the Browns. I know you're not allowed to. All right. The Sunday night football game, I think this is going to be like a matchup for the ages. Bills, Chiefs. It's going to be so good. Um, I think it's the Chiefs. I know the Bills kind of look unstoppable, but I just – I think the Chiefs are sliding a little bit and they're going to have to, like, regain AFC dominance by beating the Bills. I think it's the Bills. I think the Bills walk into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs and become the number one team in the AFC. You think the favorite? Yeah, I mean, that this game will decide it, I think. Like, whoever yeah. has the best push, at least for the yeah. first quarter of the season. Yep. Really good game. Chiefs just look mortal this season, and the Bills look incredible. 
Which is so weird because they dropped to the Steelers who look like garbage. But, you know, the Packers did that to the Saints. So we're, week one is just... Week one away. makes no sense. <laughs> week one was preseason. Um, all right. And the last one, Monday Night Football, Colts at Ravens. I had a really hard time with this one. Um, just because I like the Colts defense so much. But I think it's the Ravens. And I just, I have no faith in Carson Wentz. I agree with you. I have the Ravens as well. So we disagreed on a lot there. That's it's going to be really interesting. This is where somebody's going to run away with it for for a while, or we flip back and forth. And <laughs> that's true. You just split it dead even. But yeah, cool. This is a fun weekend, and we get the Packers out of the way early, early slot. Get to enjoy football the rest of the day. Um, any final thoughts? I I don't know. I just can't remember a slate of games that I've been this excited about. There's been good matchups, like a couple good ones every week, but I would probably sit down and watch just about every one of these. That's maybe not the Patriots Texans. So yeah. <laughs> All right. As always follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Follow Maggie at Maggie J Loney. Follow the podcast at PWSS podcast on Twitter. Packs what she said on Instagram and Twitch. We'll be going live on Twitch on Monday after the game um, to recap, do our little recap. So catch that there. It'll be Twitch and Twitter. Um, you can find us every Maggie every week on Packaday, me every other week. I will be recording after this game um, with Andy Herman and Alex Strofe. And as always and forever, go Paco. Go Paco. And Jones out in front. They're trying to chase him down. He's